What's going on, guys? So my name's Alonzo, and this is my Reef Aquarium podcast. I've been doing YouTube videos for a couple years now, and when I say I've been doing YouTube videos, I make like three or four videos a year. They are a pain. They take forever. I get the beauty. I love looking at videos of fish and corals and other things in the aquarium. I will still post pictures on my social media accounts. I will still take videos. I will still update my board threads on um, Mano Reef and Reef to Reef, and that's definitely good information to share with other fellow hobbyists, but I am done making videos. The only real reason is it just takes a lot of time. So, I mean, a couple videos a year is not bad. For all those YouTubers out there that are constantly coming out with new content, kudos to you. Like, I, I totally get the transition that people make to go onto YouTube and to, you know, do videos and to talk about their tanks and show pictures and video. And sometimes when you're talking, you really want to see what they're talking about. I love it. I love watching them. I'm subscribed to a ton of YouTubers that also have reef tanks and talk about reefing, but I have a lot to talk about because I talk a lot and I don't have time to make videos. I have like five, six tanks of tank of, so if I'm taking care of this many tanks and I'm making videos and editing the videos to even attempt to do a halfway decent quality, which when I say halfway decent quality, my best YouTube video does not compare to any of the famous YouTubers. So if you are trying to search me right now, do not even try. Do not make the attempt. In fact, I will make some uh, like old school videos in the future of just like no noise. Like you won't even hear a thing. You'll think my return pumps are the best return pumps in the industry because they will be dead silent, no sound. And I, the editing is just too much for me. So that's that's really the only thing. I could talk over the video and just film, and that's I think my last video that's what I did. But I can't do it. Podcasting is going to be way easier. I am a complete fish addict, complete coral addict more than anything. I love new equipment, so. I'm often trying new things, doing a lot of different things, and I like to share those experiences. And really, it, it it's easier for me just to sit down once a week and talk in front of a microphone like I'm doing now and sharing my experiences with all of you. So I hope you subscribe. I hope all of my uh, podcasts are very interesting. This is my first one, and it's not exactly the best one to start with because I'm going to talk about this weekend, Reef Palooza which was in uh, Jersey. It's advertised as New York. And I totally understand why. So New York City is chaos. I got there Friday. I got the Diamond Pass. So I'll talk about the Diamond Pass. But more importantly, I got there Friday. I uh, explored the uh, show floor. And then I wanted to go over to Brooklyn and New York and get some food and immerse myself in the New York City uh, atmosphere. And it took forever to get there. So my Uber took me like an hour and 20 minutes. Definitely... Way longer than I expected, way more expensive than I wanted it to be, but it's New York City. It, it, it's, I guess that is as expected for New York City, and it's just chaos. Like Getting around is really tough. So for everyone that complains that Palooza is in Jersey, you can see the New York City skyline from the Jersey Turnpike as you are driving to Palooza. If you want to go experience New York City, Take some transportation, go experience New York City. But otherwise, let's keep it where it's at, guys. It's easy to get to venue. There's free parking, easy free parking. The hotel is literally 
when I say walking distance, I mean there should just be a door from the hotel to the convention. There's not. I get why. The Meadowlands little convention center is really just like a big warehouse. But, I mean, don't underestimate the show floor, the showroom floor size. It was huge. Lots of vendors. It was awesome. Definitely great experience. For those that are a little afraid about maybe driving or traffic or big cities, it is not in, I mean, a big city. I guess it kind of is in a big city, but it's not like chaos. You would think when you hear New York, you go, oh, no, New York City. Not like that. I drove up from Pittsburgh, took my cooler with me to take some corals home, and I got the Diamond Pass. So the Diamond Pass is pretty awesome. You spend $100, and you get to go the whole weekend. So it's $20. For Saturday or Sunday, that's the days that you can go in, or you can pay a diamond pass and you get an entire weekend long. So, what are the diamond pass perks? So I have to. I am not getting sponsored by these guys. I'm just sharing my experience. I loved it, and I think the diamond pass was well worth it. I should not be saying this because maybe it's going to be way harder to get one next year if my podcast at all gets popular. The lucky part about this is my podcast will not get that popular, and I will still get my diamond pass next year. Winning both ways. So Diamond Pass, you get to go Friday during the setup. And the setup's kind of cool because nobody is ready yet. And you get to see what it's like to move fish and corals and set up a brand new aquarium and throw everything in there like you see on Tanked. Um, except these guys are like, you know, putting together really nice reef tanks for you and showing off their new equipment. Not every vendor goes on Friday though. So I will warn you, there are people that show up Saturday morning and are set up by the time you get there. For all those vendors that showed up Friday, my public service announcement is you guys are rock stars because your tanks were way better looking than those that were there Saturday morning. You let time for the corals to kind of acclimate to the new uh, conditions you had going on, and a lot of you are running some filter floss and some carbon and really cleaning up that water. So the next day, your stuff was looking great. You could totally tell the difference between the people that were there Friday and set up and the people that were there Saturday. I'm not kidding. Like the tanks that were there Friday, you know, they looked phenomenal Saturday morning and you just, you wanted to buy the corals. The Diamond Pass was pretty cool too because you really got to scout out a lot what was going on. So this is, this is an experience that I, I, first time I ever experienced it, first time at Reef of Palooza. And there are no prices on anything until like Saturday morning. And I'm talking Saturday morning, late Saturday morning. It's like the last thing everyone does. And there's a lot of trading back and forth between uh, the different vendors. And I think that's cool because I think a lot of that has intention to continue to aquaculture all of the different strains of corals. So you see a lot of people trading back and forth like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't have any of those. Let, you know, let me pick up this particular zoanthid or, you know, let's trade this acro or I'll buy this acro off you. So you see a lot of that and that's really cool. You know, our hobby is only going to survive via aquaculture. We will not be able to endlessly pull from the Earth's oceans. And really, it's just, it's going to be better anyways. You know, just the experience and the knowledge we get from being able to aquaculture a lot of these species is probably going to help save the oceans. You know, one day, this is my vision, this is my dream, whether it's true or not, that the oceans will depend on us to repopulate them. So the more we have and the more we aquaculture and get better at that, um, the more that we're going to have available really between ourselves, we become self-sustainable hobby, which would be really nice, but, you know, we're able to give back a little bit, and that, that's what's really cool, giving back to the oceans. Now, back to the Diamond Pass rant. So, they're trading back and forth. They're, uh, some people are actually buying, and they're reselling. I, I also saw that. I saw, like, you know, some booths had stuff that was priced pretty low, or price pretty fair and then you have these guys probably buy them up and sell them at their other shops their other places and i'm not going to name drop who's doing that 
You know, I'm not saying that's frowned upon. The best part about it is just scouting out. So I was scouting out. I had a little list that I wanted. I wanted some high-end zoanthids. I wanted some... I wanted a really high-end monopora. I wanted a bright, colorful, crazy, crazy, like, beach bum monopora. And that was pretty fun to kind of hunt down and see who had what frag. And then if I found an acro and I found a deal on a couple acros, I'd pick them up. But I wasn't out to get acros. Really... A six-hour drive back, and I just bought a bunch of acros off some different vendors, so I really wanted to go and, and buy some Zoas because I haven't bought Zoas in a while, and I can't get really nice Zoas where I'm at. In the Pittsburgh area, I don't see some of the really crazy speckled strains that you see um, in a lot of online stores, so I was hoping to grab a couple handfuls of those. Now, Diamond Past Purchasers, here is the trick. So, Saturday morning, before the show opens, I was in the show floor probably about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Show doesn't open till 11, and I am just scouting about. And probably about 9.30 is when all the pricing started really happening. So I got to see like what real prices were. And then, you know, you could just ask. A lot of the, the vendors will definitely tell you what the pricing is. The one money that I asked for was on average about $80 for the size of a frag plug. And I was kind of scouting around and eventually came across... A group that had it for 40 bucks sold on the spot so I asked him you know definitely I'll take the squirrel so I got a really good deal on this uh, money but it was nice because then I knew right then and there if he's selling this like top dollar monopore for $40 his acros are probably really fairly priced and they were I got a strawberry shortcake a huge chunky well encrusted it's got to be you know got to been growing for a couple months now for 40 bucks that was a pretty awesome deal and I got another unknown acro frag it was pretty cool coloration I think I paid like $20 for that one or something. But it was well-encrusted, which was awesome. Now, the best part is all the vendors will hold the corals till the end of the show. So you go up there with confidence. You're like, hey, man, I definitely want this. You'll pay then, and then they'll set it aside for you. They all have different ways of, like, you know, keeping track of what you purchase. But, you know, they'll, they'll hold it for you till the end of the show. And nobody, nobody sells. It's like this awesome respect. Nobody sells out what you've already purchased. So... I don't know why I felt like that could happen. I had this weird thought that, like, man, you know, I bought this this Monopora. They're going to sell out. Some kid's going to see this and say, man, I will take that for $300. And then there goes my $4 frag. That didn't happen. What's funny is that Monty frag I had, there were none on the showroom floor when I left on Saturday. So they would they have all sold. I think one vendor might have had one left, but he was charging the most. He was definitely charging like $100 for one of these things. And obviously, he probably sold it by the end of the weekend. They definitely sold out. But um, I was pretty excited to you know scout out, get mine early, and snipe that awesome deal that I got to snipe. But everyone holds your stuff for you to the end of the show. And then right when the raffle kicked off, the showroom floor really died out. So I was kind of like walking around and like, hey, I'll take my corals now. And by the time the raffle was really done and you got to the high-end stuff, they, they started with like the not as expensive raffle prizes there's a huge row of raffle prizes like maybe like 70 of them the very end was you know the the big stuff so the tank the uh, radions you know I, I threw a bunch of my tickets in for the tank like you know if i get a new tank i'll definitely set it up if i don't you know oh well so while that was going on i was able to go to each vendor and, and scoop up my corals it was awesome being able to have all my purchases done before people even walked on the showroom floor I got to go to Dr. Max booth at Pacific East Aquaculture, and I'll tell you, it's definitely my favorite coral booth at the entire show. Huge selection. He probably had 150 acro flat frags there, and they were all really cheaply priced. Now, they weren't like named frags, so you're not getting like, so it wasn't the Jason Fox Fox Flame, it wasn't the Homewrecker Acropora from Worldwide Corals, 
It wasn't the, I don't know. There, there's a lot of them. They all have names. They're really expensive. I totally get it. Some of them look the exact same, and they have the, they have the name, three different names for the same coral. He, he, his aren't named. I mean, some of them have names. I was buying some zoanthids off of him, and they had names. He had, like, you know, the actual name. I guess people call those strains. I wanted some blue zoanthids, and he had some really phenomenal ones, and they weren't that expensive. I think I was paying, like, uh, $20 a frag or something for these awesome blue zoas, and they were, like, bright blue. One was bright blue with a yellow center, so if you know what that is, you can tell me. One was like a baby blue with another blue. Eh, they were pretty cool. But I got those, and then I got a really nice Gorganian, a purple Gorgonian. Gorganian. It's definitely not a coral for like 15 bucks or 20 bucks. Something real cheap. So that was pretty awesome. But I really liked it. Huge selection. Like, man, he had leathers, zoas, huge scolies, acans. Like, he had everything. And, uh, but, but he had like Gorgonians, and he had clams. Like, he, he had a huge variety, and everything looked really phenomenal out of his boots. So going early... Why Diamond Pass is also good, you don't have to be crowded around a bunch of people. I got one-on-one -on -one time with Dr. Mac, talked over like every purchase I did. He basically convinced me of why I should buy it, and then I bought it. Which, when you're shopping and everyone else is there, you don't get that luxury because it's just pure chaos. Like Sometimes, the World Bank Corals booth, there was like a line to get into the booth to look at the corals at some points during the show. Like Saturday, maybe 2 o'clock-ish, complete chaos. Now, it's not like that all the time, but, you know, there are definitely moments where it's hard to get into a coral vendor and, and see what they got going on. So, getting that diamond pass, man, I, I was I was done shopping at 11 o'clock when everyone showed up, and I was just chilling with the vendor. So, snipe it out. I highly recommend it. If you are looking to get corals and you are five hours away, definitely go to Palooza and definitely, I would say, definitely get the diamond pass. Come hang out with me, and let's, let's walk around for the first couple hours. So... Other than corals, what does this show have to offer? I Number one, I got to hang out with some of the leading people in the industry. Most of the owners or you know figureheads of the industry were there that were hanging out. So the guy who owns Worldwide Corals or you know one of the main people that are partners of Worldwide Corals, Lou was kind of hanging out there, and that was pretty cool. And then um, Julian Sprung was there of Two Little Fishes. And I got to – I ran into him maybe seven times. He's a really interesting guy. I got to talk to him Friday, and then I got to kind of talk to him a little bit Saturday, but he was walking around with a new Polyp Lab lens kit. Jake Adams was too. Jake Adams had like seven of them. He was, you know, like repping them all throughout the show, but it's really neat to kind of see him go around and take pictures of corals and be pretty impressed at how easy it was to filter out the blue. But he was a really cool guy. It was really nice to talk to him and see, you know, someone who's really shaped our industry to what it is today. So that's a really cool part of Reef Blues. You do see people that... I'm not going to say they're famous. I mean, they are famous in our hobby. In their own right, they're they're famous. You know, there's YouTubers that are there. You know, Jake Adams was there. The DYI guy was there. Joey, Joey, that's the guy. Couldn't remember his name at first. Um, but, you know, they have speakers. And then they just have, you know, the general people that run their own companies are, are there. The guy from Bean Pets was there, and he was really cool to talk to. Talked to him about his coral food for a while, and I definitely bought some more of it. I got a sample of it. When I made a purchase from um, Legendary Corals a while back, and I really liked the food, so I was kind of like asking them, like, you know, tell me about this. Like, what's so cool about this? Why should I keep going it? And there's some probiotics, some bacteria part of it that uh, he said, you know, it, it doesn't matter that you feed a lot more than normal. The tank actually gets better as you feed. Now I can't go into the details of it. I'm not an expert on it, but I definitely like the food and bought some more. Couldn't complain there. But you get to see some industry leaders. You get to see some of the owners of the companies talk about their products. And that's really neat, especially if you're in the market for something new, like a light, a tank, something big. You get to really look and see what they look like. So 
Red Sea was there. They had the Red Sea Peninsula on display. Ehops was there showing off some of their sumps. Waterbox Aquariums was there. And I loved, loved the Waterbox Aquariums. I was talking to them a little bit. Great, great value for an all-in-one aquarium. Could not complain. So that was pretty cool. I got to talk to them and look at their tanks. So you, you do get to see some different vendors. It's not just all about corals, but there are a lot of corals there. I'm not going to lie. If you need corals, Reef of Palooza is where, well worth saving up. So I, I literally stopped spending money on corals the last <laughs> two months just so I had um, a reason to go to wrap and spend a little bit extra. So I was pretty excited there. What else was going on at Reef of Palooza? There's a lot of other things at Wrap too. So, you know, there's fish. People are selling fish. There's art. Reef Weeds was there selling her artwork, which is really cool to talk to Rachel and to see what she had going on. Her, her paintings look really good in person. The pictures do no justice. We actually had a conversation about this. It was pretty funny. What else was there? There was jewelry. Someone was selling jewelry, reefing jewelry. Alternative to Apex. Apex was there. Terrence was there in his awesome booth. And that was funny. The Friday, the Diamond Pass, I got there like 3 o'clock. And it was complete chaos at the Neptune Systems booth. Like, he was just getting there, just, I think, finished setting up his tank, and he was acclimating his fish. It was just crazy. I thought he wasn't going to be ready in time. And then the next day, boom. Like, it, it was pristine, just like you see in the videos. Like, you know, everything's set up, displays, everything's working. Alexa's talking, telling us the weather. It's pretty awesome. It's actually funny. All that work he put in to this booth, this setup, I don't even know if they were selling anything at the show. Like, they were probably just pitching their products, but I don't know if they were selling anything. But the best part about it is all that work, and he got nothing but badgered and beaten around about the new Neptune Trident. So, Neptune Systems, for anyone who's a new hobbyist, is a computer. It's a computer that you plug into a lot of your common aquarium devices, and it controls all your devices. And then anything that's uh, reef-ready... So there's a lot of products that use 0 to 10 volts or that have like a Wi-Fi capability or Bluetooth capability. They're reef-ready and they can hook up the Apex or their own controllers. They're reef-ready. You know, they connect to this Apex and the Apex can do communicate back and forth and you can set programs. So I have two Apexes. Mine primarily control temperature. So mine are hooked to my heaters and they control off and on. But people use them for all kind of crazy stuff. Lights, protein skimmers, pumps, the whole nine yards. Your Apex can do everything. He had Alexa there and he was asking Alexa what... What his reef tank status was. Like, hey, can you um, you know, tell me what's going on? Well, it's 78 degrees or you know, whatever. And he put it on feed mode, which was pretty cool. So uh, you know, if you're standing there and a and a tank starts happening, you can program a feed mode and shut off all your power. That that's pretty I mean, I hate to say that that's useful. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like that's that's where we're going. But Trident, their newest toy that's coming out is an automated alkalinity magnesium and calcium tester. And I got to see it firsthand. It was pretty cool. It's not that big. It looks way bigger on camera. You know, most of these protein skimmers are way bigger than this thing. It doesn't look too big. But it automatically tests. Um, I think you set your own time frame. I don't know. I, I didn't get too far into it. But essentially, people are super excited because they could hook that up to their dosers or their uh, calcium reactors, if you want to do a calcium reactor. I think the biggest thing is, you know, if you have the Neptune dose system, you get parameters and then change your dosing based off your parameters automatically without doing a single thing. And that's the beauty, and that's the rage. I get it. I currently dose the Aquaforce 1, 2, 3, so all I test for really is my alkalinity. I test that weekly. And I just change, you know, my dosing based off that. So I test all three components equally, and that works out fine for me. Other people that use two-part, you know, dose those 
sometimes not the same amount for each calcium and alkalinity. So I get why, you know, this could be really important to test all the time. Personally, it's a lot of money, but $800 though for automated, I mean, when you have corals and you have a tank and you're putting thousands of dollars in it, it is worth it. I'm not going to lie. When I first got in this hobby and I really looked at aquarium controllers, I thought, man, that is a dumb, dumb, dumb purchase. But then when you hear about tank crashes just because of temperature or because of instability, then, then you really realize like aquarium controller is a decent investment. Like if you're going to do an auto top off, it's the same thing. It's the same concept. Like it's a, on top of it is a computer that automatically adds water to your tank when your water gets low. So it monitors that for you, adds water. Take it one step further, control the temperature in your tank. Take it one step further than that, put some fail safes on some of your stuff. If your skimmer is overflowing, shut it off. Don't dump it all back in the tank. You can do so many things. I, I can't get into the details now, but essentially everyone's all excited about the Trident and they asked him 10,000 questions. That's what it was. Every customer was like, when is it coming out? What does it do? How much water does it take? How can I get my tank ready for the Trident? I feel bad. That was a lot of stress Friday. Man, did he get beat up Saturday. It was pretty funny. So shout out to Terrence and um, the Neptune Systems booth for putting on a good show with us. Shout out to everyone that actually sponsored the show too. Like, you know, Unique Corals, Worldwide Corals, big sponsors, Two Little Fishes, big sponsors of the show. Without them, there wouldn't be a Palooza. So, you know, huge thank you to those guys, and they did a really good job managing it. I kept getting weird looks, because I obviously didn't work there, but I had a diamond pass, so I was really wandering around constantly. I was probably, I felt like I was one of the only recognizable people that just wouldn't leave the showroom floor. Not recognizable, famous, but recognizable, like, man, who is this guy with that he's just everywhere? Like, he's just making laps, like he runs the place. I didn't, I was just there, and uh, Worldwide Curls guys who were, really running staff uh just really got to know me by the end of the day is the guy who is everywhere on the showroom floor yeah i mean if you are not far away definitely check out wreath palooza i mean some of these guys go all out like red seas tank phenomenal i really like the red sea tank probably the best tank in the show i i posted a couple of videos on my instagram of their tank when it was there and a lot of people posted videos of their tank kessel had a lot of tanks they had probably one two three maybe four or five setups a really Gorgeous planted aquarium, the only one of the only planted aquariums of the show, and they did have um, some freshwater planted stuff. There was someone selling plants and rock and a couple of things. That was pretty cool to see, not just saltwater, but really no freshwater, but you know, mostly saltwater. That was pretty cool. So Kessel had like six displays, big display with an AP uh, seven hundred. Their big, big, big boy light, which is neat. And they were rocking their uh, new uh, selection of their grow lights for the refugiums under that display. They have the H80, I believe, is the the floral, uh, like that purple red light that they grow algae with. That was neat to see. And it's a low price point, so everyone really likes that. Elos was there. They had a big tank on display, a lot of their test kits. They were talking. Brightwell Aquatics had some supplements. Uh, there was a couple of supplement companies that were selling some different things and uh, talking about what they had going on. So, you know, if you're in the market to really, if you're going to start dosing, it's pretty cool to talk to the vendors and compare and get them to convince you. Lots of coral food companies like Polyp Lab, Bean Pets, some couple other smaller companies. Algae Barn was there selling algae and uh, some foods for your uh, coral rods food was there. But there was a lot of people, a lot of vendors. A lot of different free samples. If you're the first, I don't remember how many people that come in the door, they give you a grab bag. 
If you're a Diamond Pass member, you get a grab bag too. So they give you a grab bag as a Diamond Pass guy. Lots of cool stuff in it. Some samples, some stickers, magazine, a t-shirt. It's nice getting a t-shirt, I guess. Free t-shirt. Can't complain there. Even though I spent $100 on Diamond Pass, I look at it as I got to first pick whatever corals I wanted. And I got alone time with vendors. That was cool. The line to get in Reefa Palooza, I'm not going to lie to you, took an hour to filter in. So the first hour, if you were in the back of the line, I mean, if you showed up at 11, you weren't getting in until noon. Guaranteed. The line was crazy. On Saturday, I don't, Sunday may not have been as bad, and I think a lot of Saturday's rush is because of corals. So, you know, if you're out for the corals, I get it. But definitely think I'm going next year. Probably go to Chicago next year. They're going to go to four cities instead of three. It's definitely well worth it. Even if you're a new hobbyist, I saw a lot of new hobbyists there. And I think that's what got me on this podcast. Like I, I wanted to reach out to you new hobbyists. Like go to Reef of Blues. A lot of people are answering questions for new hobbyists. Like I heard a lot of crazy, uh, not crazy, but you know, new hobbyist questions. Like I can never get rid of algae. Can you, can you help me with this? Like I just, oh my God, the algae, oh, it's so bad. Or, um, you know, yeah, so if I put this in my tank, well, my my Sando. So I have I have red slime. I just, it's everywhere. Like, is this gonna hurt my coral? Or uh, I I only know how to kill fish. I actually I don't have any fish. I've killed all of my fish. So you hear some really funny like people having conversations and trying to get advice. And I've been there. I started off the same way. I am seven whatever many years later. I finally don't kill the majority of things I purchase. I say that because every once in a while, you know, I do kill a coral. I haven't killed a fish in a long time. I had a fish actually when I got home. I think my fish was so excited to see me, my Hawaiian flame rassy, that uh, she she uh, jumped right out of the tank. And my cube, I got a 40-gallon cube, so it's, I don't know, five feet off the ground at the top. She come flopping out and hit the ground. And uh, every time I tried to pick her up, she'd flop around again. I'm like, well, she's still alive. So I picked her back up after maybe... I don't know, 30 seconds out of the tank. Felt like an eternity. Put her back in, and um, I'm staring at her from across the room. Fly around the tank today. So she's still just fine, but I thought I killed her. I really did. Well, I didn't kill her. She would have killed herself. Suicide, overly excited to see me. Probably knew after having to wait an extra couple hours for food that I was going to feed her, and she just couldn't uh, stand to wait. So she was going to try to take it out of my hand. She will bite out of my hand um, from time to time. So I think she just really was super excited and just tried to uh, cut me off there. I uh, I loved listening to it, all the new hobbyists, and that was funny. The new hobbyists, when you go there, there's there's a lot of people that are there to offer advice on aquariums. So there's a lot of people to talk to. I myself was talking to a couple of random people and it was pretty cool. There were first-time coral buyers. There are booths of people selling corals that are great for beginners. There are um, well-priced, you know, they're like $5 sections or like, you know, five for 25, like just uh, five, there's all kinds of stuff. Lots of, lots of cheap, cheap stuff. So it was awesome to see that, but then it was also awesome to see like worldwide corals and their high end acropores. Um, Jason Fox was there, man, does he have awesome stuff. And I'm super happy. I have some Jason Fox pieces in my tank at home. I have never paid like a full, Price. I also think that people charge more for Jason Fox corals than Jason Fox charges for corals. I'm totally convinced because I bought Jason Fox uh, Fox Flame at a live sale 
of his. And I think I paid like forty dollars, or I don't know what I paid for it. And then I saw someone else selling a Jason Fox Fox Flame for like eighty dollars at the show. But then, like, I was standing at Jason Fox's booth, like. If I really want to get a good high-end core while I'm here, other than my Monty, which that's what I was looking for, what would I get? And I'm listening to Jason Fox tell prices of some of his stuff. And some of his acros were only like 40, 50 bucks. So it wasn't that bad. I mean, there are some people there selling acros and they weren't selling any because they didn't want less than $100 for them. There was also a booth there that, you know, when I went to uh, Dr. Mac's booth, he had a field of acros. And they were all 25 bucks. So you can get some pretty good deals there. Clams, clam pricing was phenomenal. Like in Pittsburgh, I don't know what it is, but you can't find a clam for less than like $80 ever. So when I see a clam for $45 or $40, I fall over dead. And that was pretty cool. Some Gorgonians. I don't see Gorgonians ever here around me. Picked up a really beautiful purple Gorgonian for 15 bucks. So huge win there. Foods. I got some foods. I stopped at the... Hannah Checker booth and got me some reagent refills too and talked to those guys. But overall, you know, if you are thinking about going to a reef aquarium show, it doesn't matter what level of hobbyist you are, whether you are an experienced, bored out of your mind, ready to leave the hobby because you can do no wrong, go buy a really challenging coral. Go there, try something new. Talk to some of the uh, innovators of the newer products and, and go challenge yourself with that. Or if you're a brand new hobbyist, go learn how to set up a tank. Get a good deal on aquarium. Get some clownfish. Tons of clownfish there. It's pretty hardy fish in my opinion. I think it's a good starter fish. And then some corals. Get some really nice cheap corals. And that, that's what I really like about it. I think that's like my favorite part of the show is the corals, honestly. So thank you for tuning into the podcast and listening to me rant about Reefapalooza. I will probably do another podcast tomorrow because I am really excited about podcasting. I'm not going to lie. I could definitely do this weekly with different content. Even if I'm just discussing content, I think that's sometimes more fun talking about what people are doing with aquariums than anything. But I, what will I do in the next couple of weeks? So I definitely want to do a podcast on like tips for like some relatively beginner people. Because I think that that's something that everyone wants to hear. So my thoughts on, if you're a beginner hobbyist, you know, how I think you should go about getting the hobby. And then I, I definitely want to do some talks on corals, my experiences with, like, difficulty levels of corals and what I've learned. Because that's, that's also another, like, totally separate topic. But, yeah, and I can talk about my aquariums. This will be exciting. So tune in. Follow me on Instagram. Alonzo Hughes on Instagram. That's what you got to search. And I'm on the Nana Reforms. The name reforms, I am Tana Cherison, which is a really long story. One day, maybe I'll tell on the podcast. And I have a couple of reef builds on there. My uh, 55 gallon American Aquariums custom. And then uh, my cube that I talk about because, you know, it's has my favorite fish in it. And uh, my Pico and some other tanks. So tune in. Thanks for listening. It's about a half an hour. It seems pretty good, right, for a podcast. I don't know. Subscribe. And I'll talk to you guys later.